0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to Good Wolf Radio. It's Jerry Escarlato. Today, we're going to be talking about the cynical side of social support. Now, it seems a little ironic considering at Thriveology, we are the pack, and the pack is our community, and we believe that if you surround yourself with like-minded people, you will be able to get wherever you want to go, which is true, and that's why social support is so important. Social support has Uh, Just an abundance of positive benefits, an abundance of abilities to help get you moving in a direction and then keep you moving in a direction of which you're trying to go. There are many, many, many positive health outcomes that can come whenever you have good quality social support. There are many things that you can do that you don't even believe that you're capable of whenever you have good social support. Um, But before I really dig into that, I want to tell you how I kind of came to this topic. Um, Now, of course, this is something that I think about regularly, so it's not like I was just like, oh, hey, that's something new. Um, I did learn something new, don't get me wrong. But this study came across my desktop the other day, and I was like, hey, that would be a great thing to talk about, because I think that what the study is emphasizing is something that we don't pay attention to quite as often. So, the name of the study is Sabotage, Collusion, and Being a Feeder, which I thought that was a very interesting name, and you'll understand more why they say feeder here in a second, towards a new model of negative social support and its impact on weight management. So, as the title gives away the, the study, um, it, it is not a study, it's actual, actually a review of studies, uh, the review talks about and points out the negative impact that social support can have. Now, of course, it talks about a lot of the positive impact, because like I said, mostly what we see when it comes to social support and mostly what is obvious when it comes to social support is the positive impact. And that's a good thing. I'm glad that that's mostly what we pay attention to whenever it comes to um, the community that we surround ourselves with. Like I said, there are many positive benefits and In this study in particular, they list out a number of important ones. I'm not going to sit here and go through all of them. Um, But whenever you have good quality, positive support, you increase your likelihood of making good nutritional changes. You increase your likelihood of keeping up with the physical activity changes that you're trying to make, whether you're trying to exercise more or just get out and do some hiking or get out and do some walking, um, whatever that looks like you increase the likelihood of many positive behaviors. Like if you're trying to make improvements and you have good social support around you, Jonna, I see <laughs> Jonna, Jonna's back there eating her first bite. She drops on the ground. <laughs> Sorry, I had to give her up. Um, but I'm supporting what you're eating. Nice. You. <laughs> you're very welcome. Uh, so whenever you have good quality social support, your ability to change your behavior is is very much increased. Also, when you have good quality social support around you, your natural your just overall health benefits are improved. For instance, it's been shown that uh, cancer diagnosis and cancer outcomes are improved if you have good quality social support. Your stress management or an ability ability to manage your stress is improved whenever you have good quality social support and people around you who are willing to support you positively in that, in those outcomes. Uh, A couple other things that they mention: heart disease, your, the likelihood of you in, of you developing heart disease as you age is partly based around the social, the social community that you surround yourself with. Uh, Chronic pain. Chronic pain can be improved if you have good quality social support around you and you're around people that you enjoy and you're around people who make you laugh and around people who are bringing the best out of you. So, all very, very real. Um, And of course, what a lot of people are, whenever we talk about social support and we talk about surrounding yourself with a community of like minded people, one of the things that most people not maybe not most, but many people are concerned with is weight loss. And when it comes to weight loss, when you surround yourself with like-minded people, it is just much, yeah, much easier to make it happen. Weight Watchers has done that for a long time. That's why they've been mostly successful. Although now they're going into the drug business and that's another story for another day. But when you look at any or a lot of nutrition programs, a lot of them are based around community. Whenever you go to a gym, a good quality boutique fitness center, they're based around community, and a lot of those people are successful in their weight loss, and that's because of the people that are around them. So social support and community are just very, very important when it comes to making your changes. Now, of course, like anything, there's a big caveat behind all of this. The caveat is what kind of support are you Is surrounding you. What I'm saying and what I continue to say and what I have repeated so far in this introduction is positive, good quality social support when you surround yourself with like-minded people. For many people, I would venture to say most people, but for many people, they are not surrounded by like-minded people. They are not surrounded by a community who is there to support them in their endeavors, who is going through the same struggles that they're going through, who is actually going through the journey with them. Whether they're trying to pursue the same goals or not, that doesn't matter as much. However, just being with people who are going through a journey and going through a struggle and going through the hardship and going through the effort that it takes to actually make progress, when you do that, it makes it easier. However, when you don't do that, it makes it much, much, much harder. So that's the caveat. And that's the part that most of us struggle to see. When you don't make the unconscious conscious, it will dictate your life and you will call it fate. And this is one area that many of us just have a hard time. Maybe Maybe we just want to ignore it because most of the people who are sabotaging us are people who quote, love us and care about us and people we've been close to. And it's hard to accept that someone who loves you, cares about you, and someone you've been close to for a long time will sabotage you, but they will do it. They will do it. Do- Please understand, it does not make them a bad person. It doesn't make anybody a bad person. It's just because they're not ready to make the change themselves. And they don't want you to go, you know, gallivanting off into this other realm where you're going to be a different person. They want you to stay the same because naturally people don't like change. But it's the people who don't like change that aren't successful in what they're trying to accomplish. So that's what we're going to dive into today. We're going to dive into what the research review here talks about, um, the three forms of negative social support. The three forms of negative social support that happen whenever we are trying to make changes. And they're talking primarily about weight management, but it comes with just about any change, to be totally honest. Um, it can happen whenever you're trying to improve your career path, whenever you're trying to improve your financial stability, whenever you're trying to improve anything else in your health and fitness. Potentially, if you're wanting to get, I don't know, more muscle, people might, well, why are you wanting to do that? It, it happens in many other realms. It is not just weight management, but that's going to be the bulk of our topic today. So the three forms of negative social support. There are three. I've already said that three times. Uh, Sabotage, being a feeder, and collusion are the things that we will talk about. Sabotage, being a feeder, and collusion. So let's break them down one at a time so we can understand exactly how cynical each one of these forms of negative social support are so that you can start to become aware of these things happening. Because I promise you that If you are a person who is making a change in your life, it will happen. You will see it. You will have it somewhere in your life from somebody. may not be everybody. Hopefully, it's not everybody. Hopefully, it's not the person you're living with. Hopefully, it's not the family that you surround yourself with. However, it's very likely and possible that that's going to be the case, and being aware of it is very important. Today, that's what we're going to talk about. Next time, in the next episode, we're going to talk about strategies for overcoming These forms of negative social support, some of which are a little soft, some of which are a little strenuous and hard. Um, But today, we're just going to talk about these three forms of negative social support. Okay, number one is sabotage. So the authors of the review define sabotage as an active and intentional form of negative social support designed to undermine an individual's health goals an active and intentional form of negative social support designed to undermine an, an individual's health goals. So uh, the, the definition alone of sabotage is, is um, very cynical. We don't think that the people around us will and want to sabotage what we're trying to do. We don't believe that people who love us and care about us want us to fail. And while, again, most people who are in that mindset aren't bad people in and of themselves, that's the reason that you're around them, that's the reason that, you know, you you spend time with them, it is their current mindset and their current behaviors that is keeping them from wanting you to make progress, that's keeping them from wanting you to move forward. And it's it's a very intentional thing sometimes that happens that people will sabotage you Say things to you, do things to you to keep you from moving forward. It's very tough. It's very challenging. However, it is very very real. So a couple of way a couple of ways that people will undermine a person's actions. Number one, discouraging healthy eating. If you have ever tried to change, and I've seen this, and it's it's I, this this topic this topic um, is one of the things that just drives I like it. It like. It gets my blood boiling. When I was reading this, this review yesterday, um, like my blood was, like I was, I was getting worked up and I'm starting to get worked up now, which is why I'm stuttering a lot. <laughs> so I'm going to go ahead and go myself down a little bit. But like this topic drives me nuts because hmm, whenever someone doesn't support a person, when someone's deciding to make a change for the better and trying to improve themselves... That is that is very selfish. Like it's that's all that it's it's a hundred percent selfish. There's no if, ands, or buts. There's no nothing about it. It is one hundred percent selfish if you are not supporting and somebody is not supporting you and your efforts to improve yourself. So that's why it drives me nuts. Anyway, that's a little side note. So discouraging healthy eating. It's not unusual, like I'll I'll give you the example of myself. Now I have been you know, on my path for, shoot, I'm 30, I'll be 39 this year. I started in the weight room when I was 15. I probably didn't really start really paying attention to what I was eating until I was maybe 25. doesn't mean, I mean, I ate a lot up until that point, but I wasn't really that concerned about what it was because I was active all the way up till that point. So 25, so let's say like I was really, like I've really been on point for, I don't know, 15 years or so so i've been like I've been at it for a while, so like I, I can very easily shrug off what most people say at any rate it's not unusual for me to like go out to eat with people or go to a party with people, and anymore there, you know a lot of people are used to it because a lot of people I 'm around are people that I'm around a lot, but going going somewhere, not you know not having a, you know a cheeseburger and fries regularly, I will sometimes, but I won't most of the time not having dessert after dinner, not doing these kinds of things. So making these decisions and people going, oh, come on, Jer, come on, come on, just have fun, just loosen up, just be, you know, just whatever, you know, just do that. And, and that's me, a person who's already where I am. So I can, like I said, I, I can withstand that. But a person who is trying to change, who's, who, who is there and they're trying to be here, they're trying to move to this other direction, like that's demoralizing to have your friends or your family go, oh, come on, just loosen up. Like, it's fine. You'll be fine. It's okay. It's no big deal. Like that's, that is sabotage. That's, that's a hundred percent selfish because you just want that person to stay the same. You don't want them to make a change because you don't want to feel bad about yourself. That's all that's at. That's all that that is. Um, so discouraging healthy eating, very real. You've probably felt it yourself. If you've tried to make a change, it's a thing that happens regularly. As sad as it is, like that's, human nature and we have to learn to as the person who's trying to be the change maker we have to learn to overcome that Uh, another thing that people will do to undermine a person's actions um, undermining the effort efforts of physical activity so you know this one is maybe not as prevalent but it's still important if you've ever asked somebody to you know support you in exercising or to support you in going for a walk they may say oh i don't you know i don't I can't, I can't afford a gym membership, it's too expensive, who wants to go there anyway? Or I don't have time to go for a walk with you, this, that, and the other thing, which some of those things may partly be true, but it also is most likely just an excuse to get out of doing what you are asking for support uh, in. So these things are very real, these things are very challenging. Um, another thing that happens is undermining the self-esteem through criticism. Criticizing somebody for wanting to make a change is not only is it selfish, I believe it is immoral. Because, like, I believe, I believe that all of us as human beings want to reach our full potential. We may not realize it now. We may not be pursuing that now. But I believe that most people, most of the time, want to realize their full potential and achieve ultimate fulfillment and transcendence of the self and be able to get to the point where they care and they want to love and care about everybody else. Now, that's why when you criticize somebody for wanting to make a change, it is immoral that you're criticizing them. It is a hundred percent selfish that you're criticizing them because just because you're not ready to make your own change, which is okay, that's totally fine. You don't have to do anything. If you don't want to, it's, it's okay. But when you push that belief and that feeling onto somebody else, that is where you cross the line. And so pulling down someone's self-esteem and someone's drive to become better through criticism is a purely selfish and um, immoral act and something that we should all be on the lookout for and be prepared to stand up against. So that sabotage. That's probably the most uh, so that's the most deliberate of these three forms of negative social support. Um, it's also probably the most demoralizing because it's, it's something that is very, um, it's more obvious, it's more intentional, and it's coming from people generally who you believe care about you and who you believe love you and you, who you believe would support you and have supported you in other ways. But now that you're making this change, they're not supporting you. It's hard to overlook and it's hard to not care about those kinds of words and those kinds of situations, Um, but sometimes it's necessary. So at any rate, that's sabotage and that's kind of the most obvious. The next two are less obvious, but still equally as cynical. So number two after sabotage is being a feeder. So this was an interesting name for this person. A feeder is defined as explicit and sometimes deliberate provision of food even when a person isn't hungry. So a feeder is somebody who will give somebody food either intentionally or or sometimes well I mean it's it's always intentional per se but sometimes it's deliberately to undermine them, but sometimes it's not deliberate. It's just because they that's the kind of person they are or because they, you know, want to love them or whatever whatever the thing is, which we'll talk about those things in a second. So this one is, you know, like I said, it's not as obvious. Um, It's not maybe as cynical, but it is still something that undermines a lot of people's potential for weight loss. In the review, they talk about another study where they came up with, sorry, I'm trying to find the parts. There it is. They came up with, Six motivational subscales as to why feeders do what they do. Remember, a feeder is just a person who is in, like, let's say you're trying to lose weight and your mom or your grandma, probably a better example. Every time you go to your grandma's house, your grandma just wants to feed you food. Your grandma is the feeder. That's the person who's trying to give you food for some reason. And there are generally six motivations for why someone wants to feed somebody who's trying to lose weight. So those six motivations, and I think everyone will recognize and make a connection to at least a couple of these. Motivation number one is feeding for love. Feeding for love is because I love them. So if, for instance, childhood obesity is very prevalent nowadays, let's say a child it uh, decides they want to start losing weight on their own. If a child did that, man, would you want to support them? However, sometimes a parent may feel bad that they're depriving their child. Again, the parent's not being malevolent. They're not trying to be a terrible person by any stretch. That's not the assumption. However, if the parent, because of their love, is going, oh, well, I'm just going to make you this meal because I love you and I don't want you to be deprived, that's being a feeder, and that is literally feeding the current behavior of overeating. It's not a it's not, doesn't make them a bad person, nothing like that. However, you're supporting what they're trying to undo. If the child is trying to not eat, you know, overeat or trying to not eat certain foods, but because you love them which is totally pure, of course, however, it's still going against what they're trying to do, then um, you're being a quote-unquote feeder. So the second motivation, so that was feeding for love. The second motivation is feeding for waste avoidance. I don't like to waste food. So again, this just might be a person, maybe a spouse or a parent or a grandparent that You know, won't let you get up from the table before you finish your food. That's what most of us are taught whenever we're young. So if someone's trying to lose weight and you're not going to let them get up from the table, that makes you a feeder. It doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't make you, you know, a sabotager in the deliberate sense, but it does make you a sabotager in the intentional sense. Okay, the third one is to avoid hunger. Because people shouldn't go hungry. Um, So this one may, let's think about grandma in this one. If you are trying to lose weight and you go to grandma's house and you only have one small plate of food and you go, oh, no, grandma, I don't need any more. Grandma might go, oh, you need to eat some more. People shouldn't be hungry. It is because grandma loves you that she wants you to eat more. And it's also because she believes that people shouldn't be hungry, even though nobody, not nobody, but not many people in America are hungry and have no clue what hunger even feels like. Um, Grandma's just there because she loves you, and she's trying to feed you more because she doesn't want you to feel hungry. Doesn't make grandma a bad person. However, she's not supporting the person you're trying to become. Next is the number four motivation for feeders is to offload food because i can't finish my food so spouses this is a perfect example for spouses men are usually the offloaded, did and women are usually the offloader if that makes sense so the wife can't you know finish her food so she unloads it to the man the man is usually also the one that eats the kids food whenever they can't finish their food so Um, that also goes back to not wanting to waste food. So you become not only the garbage disposal, you also become the kind of person who doesn't want to waste food. Not again, none of these are bad things. They are just things that are worth pointing out and worth paying attention to. Uh, number five, the number five motivation to show good manners. Um, so you want to be polite whenever you go to grandma's house. So you make sure that you finish all the food and you make sure that you don't turn her down and you make sure that you, You know, eat everything that she puts in front of you. And then the number six motivation, uh, a sign of status. This is probably less common, but still a thing. If you go to somebody's house for a party and they have all this food here, maybe they're just trying to show you how much resources they have by having all the food there. And then you feel like you need to eat it all and you're trying to be polite and so on and so forth. So as you can see, all of these, these six motivations are very real. They happen regularly. They're not necessarily... It's not necessarily someone who's trying to like tear you down from a, um, from a malevolent. I don't know why that's the word I came thinking of now. But like they're not a bad person trying to tear you down. It's just because we, we, we want to feed people. We want to make sure that they don't feel hungry. We want to make sure that they are comfortable. And it is because of that that we hold a lot of people back from their goals in trying to lose weight so that's being a feeder that one like i said it's not as obvious it's not something that you see and you go oh that's bad it's just something that but but it is something that definitely holds people back so that's something we definitely need to pay attention to good so that's sabotage number one the number one form of negative social support and being a feeder the last form the third and final form of negative social support is collusion, collusion. This is another one that is less obvious and usually done out of maybe not love or care, but mostly out of not wanting to get into an argument, not wanting somebody to feel bad about themselves. Excuse me, I just drank some water and got it stuck in my throat or something. But you don't want somebody to feel bad about themselves or you don't want to get in an argument with them, or you just, you know, whatever. You just don't want to bring it up because you just don't feel like saying anything. So it's passivity of trying to hold somebody accountable, basically. There's a, if you've ever seen the movie Boondock Saints, which if you haven't, I strongly suggest you see it. However, if you're the kind of person who doesn't like lots of cuss words, not that I need lots of cuss words in my life, um, it's it's still a great movie, um, but it does have lots of cuss words, many, many, many cuss words, um, and lots of shooting as well. Maybe I'm revealing myself a little bit, but at any rate, um, great movie. You should watch it. However, there's a phrase in the movie where the two main characters in the movie are in church, and the pastor, he's actually a bishop, I think, because he's in a Roman Catholic, they're in a Catholic church. I don't know if they call them bishops or what they call them. Sorry, I'm revealing myself even more. Um, Anyway, there's a pastor up there talking, and he's giving his sermon, and he says, it is the indifference of good men that brings about more hate in this world. It is not bad men that bring about hate. It is the indifference of good men that bring about hate. Um, In this context... It is the indifference of people that is not allowing others to become the kind of person that they're trying to become. So the authors of the review define collusion as a more passive and benign form of negative social support reflecting a desire to avoid conflict or hurt someone's feelings. So because we're not comfortable holding somebody accountable, because we're not comfortable telling somebody, hey, Uh, look, I've been, I've been concerned about how you've been eating and I've been concerned about your weight and I've been concerned about what's going on with you. And I just, I'm wondering what's going on. Hey, what's going on? How you feeling? Um, do you think it's something that is good for your health? Like, is it something that you want to improve because we're not comfortable having those conversations? Guess what happens? The people that we supposedly love and care about become unhealthier and less stable and end up in trouble with chronic diseases that's that's not love that's not care that is collusion that is indifference and it is the indifference of people that leads to the downfall of society so this happens with family members this happens with friends this happens with healthcare practitioners it happens over and over again the stu- or the review excuse me talks about healthcare practitioners and not feeling comfortable talking about obesity because they don't want to hurt the person's feelings or they don't want to get into conflict. No one wants to be told, hey, you're obese, you need to lose weight necessarily. However, if that's the case, that's the case. And if you believe that their health is going to be better off, if they move themselves in a different direction, then it is your obligation to say so. It is your responsibility to say so, especially if you are in health care, health, care, health, care. Sorry. Uh, friends and family, they do this also by not saying anything, by not being, holding their friend or family member accountable to their actions. If someone is trying to lose weight and you're with them and they order a double cheeseburger and fries, and you don't go, hey, bud, uh, I thought you were trying to lose weight. What's up with that? Then you are colluding with, you are colluding to keep them where they are. Whether or not that's deliberate is not to say. However, your indifference is still a choice. And and if someone's doing it to you, their indifference is a choice. I think that's something that we don't understand and don't really hmm pay attention to often enough, like indifference is a choice. Well, I'm just going to stay out of it. I'm just not going to say anything. Well, you just made a choice. You just made a choice to let the person do whatever they're doing. Like, that's very obvious. So if someone's with you, or, you know, you're with someone who's, who's trying to pursue a goal, and you're not saying anything, or someone's with you, and you've told them about you're trying to do, you make a decision that is unsupportive of your goal, and they don't say anything, that it doesn't make it a bad person. However, they are not supporting you in what you're trying to accomplish. So that is the third form of negative social support. Like I said, not as obvious, not potentially as deliberate, although sometimes it can be, but still nonetheless very much can move you in a direction that is not the way that you want to go. So those are the three forms of negative social support. Sabotage, being a feeder, and collusion. Sabotage, being a feeder, and collusion. So the question is, why? Why? Why are we like this? Why do we try to pull people back into back to reality, or back to where we are? Well, I'm glad you asked. Um, in the review, they actually define this and, and speak about this very um, intentionally. So in the last section of the review, there's this wonderful paragraph that explains why this happens. Like, why, why do people sabotage us whenever we're trying to make change? Why do people feed us whenever we're trying to not be overfed? Why do people collude with us whenever we want them to hold us accountable? Well, the, the reason can simply be explained by systems theory um, and homeostasis. So what they describe here, or here's the, here's the exact words I'll read from the review, This process can be understood in the context of systems theory and the notion of homeostasis. From this perspective, relationships are conceptualized as existing within a dynamic system, with its members motivated to maintain an equilibrium and a status quo. You get that? Relation, I'm going to reread that sentence because it's important. Relationships are conceptualized as existing existing within a dynamic system with its members motivated to maintain an equilibrium and a status quo. Um, as Mnuchin argued in 1985, Mnuchin is a person. That is M-I-N-U-C-H-I-N. I don't know if I'm saying that right. I apologize if I'm not. Um, As they argued in 1985, this system is, quote, an error-activated process by which behavior departing from the expected range of a family's patterns is controlled via corrective feedback loops. You can also say an expected range of friends' patterns. So I'm going to read that again. An error-activated process by which behavior departing from the expected range of a family's patterns is controlled via corrective feedback loops. So basically, what systems theory and homeostasis have to do with this is that when you have a group of friends, that group of friends wants to maintain, naturally, wants to maintain homeostasis, and equilibrium. And the second that one of that group of friends tries to pull away from that equilibrium or knocks that equilibrium out, the system wants to equalize. It wants to go back to homeostasis. So what do they do? They sabotage you, they feed you, and they collude with you. It's it's just like, it's just the natural way of things. It doesn't mean it's the normal way of things or the way that things should be, but it is the natural way of things when you are unaware that it's happening. It happens within families, and it happens within friends. Those are the two biggest areas that you will see that happen. The system wants to stay the way that it is it wants to maintain homeostasis and the second that you step out the second that you put on the gas and you try to move forward the system will grab you and it will drag you right back in if if you allow it if you allow it to happen now the first time it it can be challenging but hopefully the second or third time that you try uh you you become aware of it. Because remember, unless you make the unconscious conscious, it will dictate your life and you will call it fate, which is why being aware of these things is very important. So that's all I have for you today. Remember, sabotage is very real. That one is something that you can find more easily when someone is undermining your efforts. It's it's a little easier to point out. Someone who's trying to be a feeder, someone who's You know, trying to, I don't want to say shove food down your throat, but like literally try and give you food. You have to learn to say no. You have to learn to walk away. And then the collusion, that is a very tricky one, but you need to know whenever someone, like, you need to be aware whenever someone's not holding you accountable. And you need to learn to hold yourself accountable. Now, we're going to come up with more specific ways to start to overcome these things in the next episode. But nonetheless, awareness is step number one one. So make sure that you share this with your friends so that they can become aware of these things as well. And until next time, here's to your success in health and fitness mastery.